0: on <laughs> This season, only ten different teams had made the college football playoff in the first five seasons. So, ten teams in five years, and we saw several potential first-timers fall off over the last what three, four weeks. Baylor, Utah, uh, Minnesota was in there. Only, and LSU is the only first-timer to hang on. They do grab that one seed. So, LSU was now the 11th different team to make the playoff. So, in six years of the playoff, about. What one sixth of all Power Five teams have made the playoff? I don't know if I if you would have asked me that five years ago, if I would have said that number would be higher or lower. I'm not really sure. But right now, it's one sixth of all Power Five teams have made the playoff. And honestly, LSU was in the field even if they lost SEC Championship game. So we knew coming into last weekend we would have at least an 11th different team in the playoff. So after entering that game, we already knew that LSU would be that first time participant. Andrew Dowdy. Chase Kitty back in the High Motor Podcast talking here minutes after the final playoff rankings came out. It's going to be a quick episode here. And then we have a fun one planned for the midweek episode. I think it'll be fun. You should come back. We think that you'll like it. This episode right here is going to focus on two questions. The first one, number one, LSU is the 11th different team to make the playoff, like I said. So really quickly, it's Alabama, Clemson, Oklahoma, Ohio State, LSU, Georgia, Oregon, Florida State, Michigan State, Notre Dame, and Washington. The eleven teams. Who's the 12th team? We don't even know when it could happen because I feel like we're reaching a point where the big boys have kind of been. We've had the outsider teams, we had Michigan State, we had Washington, but it feels like most of the big boys of college football have been each year, It's the sixth year each year we've had at least one new team in the field, but now with those 11 teams off the board, we're kind of running out of options and we don't even know when it'll happen next. So Chase, question number one on this episode of the High Motor Podcast. Who's going to be the 12th team, and
1: when is it going to happen? So this is how I tried to approach this question when you asked me this. I thought, where are the vacuums in college football? It doesn't feel like Clemson is going to let go of the ACC anytime soon, for example. So I don't think it's wise to pick an ACC team. I know these conferences rebound faster than usual. I think some of that's a little overblown. I think year to year there can be a lot of change from where a conference is to where it goes up or down so just because the ACC is down this year I don't necessarily think it's going to suck next year too but I still think a two-team ACC feels a little unrealistic for right now so I think that you- gap is
0: just is just way too big and like you said even though conferences can flip and stuff we both love Scott Satterfield at Louisville I love Mike Norvell Florida State but the gap right there between those teams and then Miami or Virginia Tech wherever you want to put I think is bigger than we have ever seen in the playoff era.
1: Yeah, and I'm struggling. I think the Big Ten could potentially get two in. Like, I don't think that's crazy, but I still think that Ohio State, I, I really have been impressed by the job Ryan Day has done this year. This doesn't, you tell me if you you disagree, but this doesn't just feel like, you know, the, the wake of Urban to you, right? It really feels like he's done a good job this year, not just winning with Urban Meyer's guys and some Urban Meyer sort of system you know, afterburner stuff. It feels like he's done a good job, right?
0: Yeah, I agree with that, and I I wonder how much of last year plays into that. Like Day controlling the team for what it was—four games, I think it was a suspension, three or four games—I can't remember. So I wonder if that plays into it. Like you saw what Day could do, even though I mean Urban is basically still running the program, so Day is just doing in-game stuff and then some other responsibilities, but. How much does that play into it? What day did last year kind of laying that foundation and how that transition went going to day this year?
1: Yeah, so I, I really like I, I really like where Ohio State's at. I think it's possible that somebody from the Big Ten could push for a spot there even with even if Ohio State wins the conference in future years. But I'm going to stay away from the Big Ten. So you keep going, you keep going. The SEC, you know, you could pick a a lot of teams there. But it's almost like there's too many to pick in the SEC. Like too many teams could jump up and and maybe make themselves viable. So I'm going to stay away from that too. That leaves me with two conferences, the Big 12 and the Pac-12. I think the obvious answer in the Big 12 is Texas. But I don't really, you and I agree that like we think Texas is way farther away than some people might want to believe.
0: Yeah, I think that there. We we just talked about this before we hopped on. I think so with this question. I think there are what like ten or twelve arguments that could be had of the next team, and I think that Texas is in that, but they got to be at the very bottom of that in terms of potential. They're in that group,
1: right? Because they have the resources, they have the recruiting, they have a big name coach. Uh, So they're still so far away, right? They're they're so far away, but they have the ingredients if they ever got them in the right order. So you have to mention them. But I don't love their chances. Uh, I I think where I want to go with this is the Pac-12. I think, and it's not just because they were good this year, but I think you have to mention Utah. I read a really great piece earlier this year. I don't remember who wrote it, but it was about how the demographics of Utah gives the Utes and that program access to players and body types that don't exist all over the Western United States. Uh, It was a really interesting piece So I think what Utah is doing is sustainable. And then the other one I would bring up is USC. I don't think they're close, but whenever you have the money and the momentum and the recruiting, and when that comes together, they're just like Texas. And I actually think USC might be a little closer than Texas. So I would mention USC and Utah as my two to watch.
0: So it seems like you're not really convinced that it's going to happen next year or even in the
1: next two years. Not necessarily. I mean, this is an oligarchical type of system we have going here, right? If, if you, what kind of odds would you need to lay right now? that 3 of the 4 teams that made it this year are going to make it again next year and we don't even have alabama in the field this year you know they're going to come back
0: we don't even have georgia in there you don't have like i said that all those 11 like florida state's not going to be in the playoff next year michigan state's not going to be in the playoff next year washington's not going to be in the playoff but then you still have alabama clemson oklahoma ohio state lsu georgia oregon notre dame if you want to put them in there like there are so many teams like i said where the big boys have kind of been that we're just we're losing options here so it seems like you don't even think it's going to happen next year. You wouldn't even, I guess, what's the bet here? If I, if I gave you some sort of odds that a first-timer will be there next year and then two years from now, what would you need to take, what would you need to see to be interested in that bet?
1: I would need, I would be much more interested in the range than the odds, right? Like if you gave me three years, to get somebody new in there, I like that proposition. But if you if you give me even great odds, but just for next year, I just don't think we're going to see anybody new next year. I think when you look at what Alabama brings back, what what Georgia's going to have, Clemson's not going to drop off. Ohio State's not going to drop off. Oklahoma keeps making this work somehow, some way. I mean, that's, that's five or six teams right there that you can almost bet are going to be right in at the end. Who's going to break into that? I'm not saying it's impossible, and I'm not saying nobody can do it. Most of the time when it happens, we don't see it coming, but it feels like the status quo is such a safer bet right now than somebody new.
0: That's a good point on that last one, and then we'll move on here. But you you and I have talked about how this Ed Orgeron love Nobody was on that train before the season. If you were, you're lying or you're just delusional. Like everybody, yeah, everybody liked Ed Orgeron off the field. Everybody thought he was a great guy. I was fine with him getting a shot. But you're lying if you said that Ed Orgeron was going to do this, make the Joe Brady hire. Joe Burrow have be going crazy right now. it You weren't saying that before this season. So even though the LSU, I think, is the best team in the country, I think the committee had the right move putting them at number one, it's really easy to forget that three months ago, yeah, we thought LSU was going to be a good team, but not one sane person in their right mind thought LSU was going to do this. So you make a great point. I think maybe this is just a year-by-year question. When you say you look at what Alabama has coming back, look at Ohio State coming back, what Clemson has coming back, if you look next year, I think it could be like a Penn State. It could be a Florida I think either could make it next year. But, again, I'm not betting on that. I mean, even if you look at Florida. So, let's say with Florida, like Kyle Trask is back. You get, you're get you going to lose a lot of skill, guys. Much of the offensive line should be intact. A lot of the defense is intact. So, it's, it's almost like an LSU type of situation, even though we all think more highly of Dan Mullen probably going into next year than we thought of Ed Orgeron going into this year. But if you want to look at next year, yeah, I think Florida's in that conversation. Maybe Penn State. Auburn could probably be in the mix in the next couple of years. Yeah, if they can get over that hump, I think the talent is there, you know, especially with how subpar, I mean, you look at the SEC West and how the landscape has changed over the last 13 games, Alabama getting blasted in, in the national championship game, looking very subpar by Alabama standards this year with how the West has, has changed over the last 13 games, maybe that opens up for an Auburn, I think like Michigan could be in that mix, If you were to tell me next year who are the teams that could be a first-timer, I'm taking Penn State or Florida. That's for me. Okay, question number two on the High Motor Podcast. After this year, Chase, you personally, your personal opinion here, are you closer or are you farther away? Are you in the same spot with your opinion on playoff expansion to eight teams? And when I say expand, I'm saying we we can either just talk generally eight teams and not talk specific formats if you want. But when I say eight here... And I think when most people say 8, they're referring to that auto-bid P5 conference champ, the highest ranked G5, the 2 at large. Or we can talk auto-bid P5, 3 at large. So again, the question, are you closer or are you farther away? Or are you in the same spot as you were before the season regarding your opinion on moving to an 18 playoff?
1: I'm about the same place as I was at the beginning of the season, which is if we want to do it, that's cool. I, I, I think I think more games are fine. There's nothing sacred about the number four. FCS has a 24 team playoff, and everybody passes exams just fine, and you know it. It all works out. So th- this idea that like you can't possibly have a 16 team playoff or an 8 team playoff or a 12 team playoff or whatever, like all, you can do it and it's fine, and and, and it all works out. I think the more interesting conversation is, do we need that? And I think we're going to hear a lot of people after this season, this particular one that we just had, where it cut very cleanly at four. There, You're not going to hear as many people, I think, after this playoff saying, we've got to go to eight. Because if you look at everything after Oklahoma at four this year, it's, it's harder to make those cases. You, you have... A Pac-12 that played itself out of it. You had an SEC runner-up and an East Division champion that just didn't look like they were in the same sort of playing level, the same sort of galaxy as LSU in that SEC championship game yesterday. You had Wisconsin that could never put together 60 full minutes against a top-four team, even though... They were leading Ohio State yesterday at halftime, and even though they won that West division in the Big Ten with a couple of, of nice underrated ranked wins, if you go back and look at Wisconsin's resume, I and mean, it's not terrible. They, they've got a few nice wins in there, including some nice road wins. But I think the point that I'm making here is that it drops off after four, and if you're an expansion advocate, that's going to hurt your argument because it's going to be very easy for people to stand up this year and say, keep it at four. We got the four that we wanted this year. We got we got the four that deserved to be there, and everybody else didn't really need to be involved.
0: Because who, So who would be in it this year? We know that LSU, Ohio State, Clemson, Oklahoma, as those P5 champs, not even talking about the ranking themselves, would be in it. Okay, So then Oregon would be in it, right? So those team those teams would be in it. If we're talking about highest ranked G5, we're, we're talking here about two hours before they release the full top 25, but it will be Memphis. So Memphis will be in it if, with Oregon. If there's a
1: G5 auto bid... Right, right. So if there's a
0: highest-ranked G5 auto bid, that's what we're talking here.
1: I, I think it should be said that like the, the whole reason that this whole G5 auto bid thing came to light in the first place is because of what UCF did and how they put themselves right there in the mix in that top 10, and then they get a nice bowl win over a team that we all thought was really good. And, and then I think if you compare where UCF was there to where Memphis is this year sitting sort of like just north of 20— like those aren't the same teams. So if you want to go G five auto bid, fine. But I I think the the more interesting argument to me is the three at larges that gives people the ability to put in a really good UCF team, but doesn't stick us with number seventeen Memphis in an eighteen playoff.
0: Yeah. So we can, again, we can talk either one you want. So let's let's get rid of the G five for now, and let's talk auto bid uh, P fives and then three at large. So this season, like I said, you're going to have LSU, Ohio State, Clemson, Oklahoma. And Oregon, depending on how the rest of the rankings shake out, I assume that Georgia will not fall out of the top eight. Even though they got smashed, they probably would be in the top eight. I would think and so. And then, and then you probably put then the conversation becomes. I would say I would assume that Baylor is in there. I would they would probably stay in the top eight. And then the conversation becomes Florida, Wisconsin, Penn State, Auburn, Utah. I guess would it be fighting for that
1: final spot? So I think Auburn gonna... would have a really good case.
0: I think the three losses is, is one of those things a lot of people have a hard time getting over. But a yeah. win
1: over Alabama, oh, well, and yeah, we got to think Alabama would be in there. Right?
0: Well, yeah, and I don't even, we don't even need to talk about, this is just a pointless argument. We're not going to sit yeah. here and say who would be in. But I, the the point remains, we can agree that Georgia and Baylor would probably be at-large teams, right? Yeah. So it, does it, it suck that, that that means that the big, and this is kind of like how it is on Selection Sunday when a mid-major our uh, conference goes differently than we thought it would, then the, the loser of the the conference championship game is sit, sitting there thinking, maybe we're in, maybe we're not. So it's the same type of deal. But with this case, because if we had this auto-bid 18 playoff, the Big 12 championship game, it, it matters for seeding, but it doesn't matter who's in the playoff. So that's part of the conversation. Do you want that game to matter where the winner is guaranteed a spot, even though we knew that the winner was going to be guaranteed a spot anyways, and the loser is completely out? like Baylor was in this case? Or do you want the 18 playoff where Baylor loses, but they're still probably in the playoff? Well, which side of it do you want? And this is what I wrestle with so much is that I can't decide. I'm definitely closer to an 18 playoff more than I've ever been before. I mean, as recently as three to four months ago, I had absolutely zero interest. I've always loved the the exclusivity of the format. I mean, give me the four really damn good teams, and you you made the point that this year is a good example of that cutoff after four teams, and I agree with you. I think the committee has done that. I think they've gotten the committee, excuse me, they've gotten the playoff right each of those first five years, and now this year, and I can't even point to to one or two reasons why, but I'm slowly coming around to eight teams, but still I'm struggling with that. I'm struggling with do I want the Big 12 the championship loser to have a shot? Or, for example, go to that Oregon-Arizona State game. I mean, that game was fun as hell to watch. I mean, that is what I go to college football for, and that's what drives college football fans. I mean, that's the parody of college football. Even though we've had those big boys dominate at the top, it's having the opportunity for upsets. I mean, if there was an eight-team auto-bid playoff, that game doesn't matter nearly as much, or it might not matter at all. Because if Oregon loses in Tempe there, still wins the Pac-12 championship game, they're in, and yeah, it's going to matter for their at-large chances and, and ranking specifically. But in this case, it's probably not going to matter that much because Oregon would still need to win the Pac-12 championship to make the playoff. So that game's just not going to matter. And I, me, I want let me to ask keep you that because you're yeah.
1: talking about that game doesn't matter. Are you willing to lose a little bit of shine on that regular season Oregon at Arizona State game for an extra round of playoff games? Because you're gonna get that on the on the back end of it.
0: That's what I'm wrestling with. Is I don't know if I want that awesome campus feel on at Sun Devil Stadium or I want. I don't know how they would format. I'm guessing they'd probably have home games in the first round. Maybe. I I guess I don't I don't want a neutral site game to replace what makes college football so special. Does that make sense? So I don't. I, yeah, even though I would an extra round of playoff, I would watch it and it would be awesome and exciting. But I also don't want that game to lose what makes college football so special. I mean, like that Cincinnati-Memphis game yesterday, that was fun. It was a little bit sloppy, but it was still a fun game, and we've talked about this so much. I want that game to matter, and it just didn't matter. And that's how I feel like that Oregon-Arizona State game, I'm glad that it mattered so much because if the Ducks still had a great playoff shot by winning the Pac-12 championship game, it probably wouldn't have mattered. So I'm closer to an 18 playoff, but... I still really struggle with, do I want that game or do I want an extra round of the playoff?
1: What I would push back on on the whole losing value in, on regular season games things is I think a lot of us went into that Oregon-Arizona State game knowing that it was a real test that, that Oregon could lose, and they did end up losing it. But, but one of the reasons I think we thought that is because there is this entire talk landscape around college football where we all sit here and they do it on ESPN and we do it on this podcast and we we do it everywhere where we say, okay, well, if this happens, then it could mean this later on down the line and we sort of break down the implications of every game. If we have an 18 playoff instead of a 14 playoff, we're still going to do all those things, right? So we're we're still going to know that, okay, this game coming up this weekend in this place featuring these two teams it matters and here's why it matters and here's how it's going to impact an 18 playoff instead of a 14 play. Like we're, we're still going to have a lot of those things. So I I don't totally buy that. It, it completely devalues things. Well,
0: we're also going to have to, to, I want to get this in while you're, you're kind of talking about this. We're also going to have more different games matter. Like when Minnesota goes down to Iowa, if Iowa wins that game, like they did now, suddenly they're in the play. They have a shot at the playoff. Like there are going to be more games like when Michigan plays Notre Dame. Even though that people were excited about that game, we didn't think it was going to matter in the playoff, but now suddenly with an 18 playoff and those at-large teams, it might matter. So yeah, I get that part of it too.
1: Yeah. So I just, I just think you're just shifting where the value is in all these different things and you're getting it back in places you didn't have it before. Maybe you're losing a little bit in places where there was more of it before, but I think ultimately... If if you're pro-expansion, then you're pro-expansion. You know, you're know you going to accept that things are going to change, and that's going to be okay. But for the most part, if you're pro-expansion, I, I think you're getting more things out of it than you're losing. There's a net gain.
0: Tweet at us, at HighMotorPod, at A 88 at Kitty. Are you closer or are you farther away after this season? Where were you at before the year? Did this season change anything to you? And then who's that 12th team? I'm curious what you guys think. Who's that 12th team that'll make the playoff? Who's in that group for you? I think it's like a group of 10 to 12 teams, Michigan, Penn State, Auburn. We talked about all those teams. Who do you think is at the top of that list? When do you think it'll happen? Tweet that to us. Very curious your opinion on those two things. Again, we're going to be back midweek with a playoff-related episode that we think you'll enjoy. We'd love to have you back. It'll be a fun one. Hit subscribe on whatever app you're using or check out at HighMotorPod on Twitter for that to drop. Hey, guys, it's been a pleasure doing this all season. I think I speak for Chase, too. We're fired up uh, for some postseason content coming. I have some great guests lined up for the coming weeks. Chase is still going to give us some betting breakdown. Uh, We're going to do some bowl game odds. We're going to do some playoff odds. We're also going to do some college basketball stuff and some other stuff. So that will not end with the midweek episode. He'll still be giving you some betting advice. Thanks for dropping by the High Motor Podcast. We will see you in a couple of days.